What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Dog Talk with your host, Holden. I hope everybody's doing good today. Coming to you a little bit later than I normally do. Um, obviously, the Peach Bowl took place this past weekend. Exciting win there against Cincinnati. That's going to be the first thing we're going to talk about. Uh, we've got a lot to get to today. Mainly, we're going to focus on talking a little bit about the Peach Bowl, some about the new AD, Josh Brooks, that was promoted up to our new athletic director, and then the key point of this episode is basically going to be wrapping around who is staying, who is going, who has transferred, who has yet decided to stick around for the 2021 season. So you guys check it out, stick around with me, and we'll get to it. Started off with a thrilling win against Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl there in Atlanta. Exciting game. This entire game, I was kind of, you know, it's kind of one of those pins and needles. You just don't know. You don't know if we're going to end up pulling it out. You don't know if... You know, it was it was just really hard to say whether we're going to pull this one out or everything was going to be all right or what exactly. But luckily for the dogs, we do pull it out. Jake, oh hot pie, Jack Pudlinski, uh, he hits the 53-yard, what we consider to be the game winner, even though there were two seconds left on the clock. And Aziz Ojolari gets in the backfield for a sack, strip safety to end the game and make it a little bit further apart if we could have landed on that one it have made the game look completely different it looked like we won by a touchdown when in reality we're really only won by one point nonetheless gonna jump through some stats and everything for you again pins and needles game back and forth for a little while then it looked like we were down pretty heavily going into the fourth quarter start this thing off uh, since he takes a lead on a desmond ritter 14 yard pass making it seven nothing george pickens and jt daniels connect for the first time in this game 7-7 ties it up just before we go to the second quarter. Late in the second quarter, just before, well, it was about four minutes before halftime, Oh, Hot Pot hits a 37-yarder, and the Dogs take the lead 10-7. That will be the first time and the only time the Dogs take the lead until the final minute or the, until the final seconds of the game uh, because with six seconds left before the half, uh, again, Desmond Ritter hits Josh Weil on 11-yard touchdown pass to make it 14-10 going into the half early in the third quarter. Huge run, Jerome Ford there for Cincinnati. Runs a 79-yarder right down the middle. Uh, only took 40, 49 seconds off the clock in the start of the third quarter, and that put them up 21-10. to 10. So at that point, obviously, we're back 11. Makes it a lot tougher to come back from, from something like that. But the scary thing was, really, I guess, through the whole third quarter, it just looked like we weren't going to do it. Luckily, in the fourth quarter, we started to put something together. I will have to say one thing about Jerome Ford's 79-yard touchdown run. I have not seen many teams or players in general that have been able to put that much of a gap on Georgia's defense, especially in the run game, because we all know Georgia's rush defense has always been really good, and it's really good again this year. So it was kind of strange to see somebody gash the center of our defense like they did and him be able to run for 80 yards. Now, he ends up on the night 97 yards, one touchdown, you take that 79-yarder away, and obviously it looks a lot different for their run run game. It looks a lot better on our defense nonetheless. And also the score is obviously different in that one. Fourth quarter, get things started just a little bit of time into the fourth quarter. Zamir White finds himself in the end zone, nine-yard touchdown run, making it 21-16. to Oh, Hot Pot hit a 32-yarder with 6.43 to go to make it 21-19. to uh, They did say, let's see, after that's right, after Zamir White's touchdown there starting the fourth quarter basically uh two point conversion was failed that would have put us within three um and it could have tied up with hot pods field goal there with 643 left in the game but nonetheless we were still back by two 
three seconds to go we line up for a 53 yarder and he nails it 22 21 and then with no time on the clock obviously uh, a great kick by i think it was uh, jake kamara actually kicked it off there at the end of the game bounces right over the head i think lands on like the one or two uh, and they have to kneel it there so obviously 80 98 yards whatever it ended up being that they had to drive with two seconds left it was pretty meek and lo and behold the guy who was in the backfield all night Aziz Ojolari comes through for the defense bust through again a strip sack safety as the quarterback there Desmond Ritter fell on it and that gives the dogs two more points to make it look like we won by a field goal uh, but really it was 22 21 at the final if again if we could have fell on it it would have looked like we won by a touchdown making it 28 21 but it doesn't matter the dogs get the win in thrilling fashion a lot of people will say yeah georgia probably should have won it by more maybe so uh, but let's not discredit cincinnati they had a really good team this year um, and they put a really good team on the field saturday or excuse yeah saturday as well actually it was friday i apologize it's a little little bit different than what we're used to uh, they put a put a good team on the field so congrats up to them for a great season uh, and the dogs end eight and two on the season cincinnati will end nine and one uh ending that undefeated streak looking at our box score here because i did want to get to this uh, and just give some numbers out there obviously as far past the game as we are now most of you guys if you most of you guys have seen it it was awesome uh most of you guys have probably already looked at a bunch of stats and things like that so you may not care too much nonetheless i'm going to give you some of the numbers just because it's kind of fun to look at and then we'll jump into some more of the news as far as uh, guys that are going to stick around and guys that are going to take off before this one um so while this is pulling up we'll jump into a quick break all right guys back into it real quick starting back off with your stat lines here jt daniels does end the night 26 for 38 392 yards had a touchdown one interception on the night uh, Zeus carried it 11 times for 39 yards kenny mcintosh 17 yards on five carries and kendall milton back in the game four touches 10 yards on the night only one touchdown on the ground that was from zamir white obviously one through the air as well so uh kind of you know so so obviously jt daniels got sacked quite a few times very low rushing number there they held us to 45 yards obviously a lot of that coming after 20 yards worth of three sacks there for jt daniels falling back cincinnati ran for 99 yards again a lot of that i also believe is because that one 79 yard runner there for uh, jerome ford which put them way up otherwise that number's a lot lower Desmond Ritter on their passing side of the ball, 206 yards, two touchdowns, 24 for 37. George Pickens, he was the big, he had another big bowl game, and he continues to have really good bowl games. Seven receptions, 135 yards, and a touchdown. He was the only one to get a touchdown through the air. Uh, Arian Smith, he had one touch, 55 yards, big one there, three touches there for Kiaris Jackson, 47 yards. Uh, Darnell Washington would get the ball to the tight ends again this go around, three touches, 46 yards. Kenny McIntosh, five touches, 43 yards. Uh, Fitzpatrick there at the tight end spot again four touches 41 yards so what is that we're looking at tight ends touch the ball seven times for almost 100 yards on the night so that was nice Kendall Milton got it once for 22 yards Jermaine Burton once six yards Zeus one time for five yards and Demetrius Robinson also got a cut, catch on the night for four yards 404 total yards obviously that's because Stetson came in and had to throw the ball one time with JT's hand, helmet coming off got 12 yards on it on that play uh, defensively JT Daniels fumbled it twice, only lost it one time. Adam Anderson picked up one for us uh, that I think, uh, yeah, Desmond Ritter fumbled. Uh, Zamir, he fumbled it once, but we fell back on it, luckily. Uh, defensively, your top guys, Quay Walker, seven total tackles, 
Six of them solo. He had one sack. That was obviously a tackle for loss. Nakobe Dean, seven total tackles, six solos. Uh, Bernie had a big night, five total tackles. Both are all five were solo, and two of which were tackles for loss. Aziz Ojalari, like we said, four total tackles on the night. All four of them solo, three of which were sacks. Absolutely wreaking havoc in the backfield. Adam Anderson also two sacks on the night. Devontae Wyatt, he was also in the background. Let's see. Yeah, sorry, I was looking at my other number. He had two tackles for the night on four total tackles, so great night there. Uh, no interceptions, obviously, again, for Georgia. Not many kick return yards. Hot Pie did go three for three on the night. Went 100%, obviously, the long 53 before. The game winner, 53-yarder, he only had a career long of 51, so backs that one up. That gives the dogs 10 points alone right there. Jake Camarda punted at five times, averaged 193 yards. Uh, had three really good kicks. Um, I guess technically four if, if he had five. One that shanked a little bit, kind of had a rough time, and I think that's what put Cincinnati in the driver's seat to be able to drive down and make it a 21-10 game. Nonetheless, uh, he has had a great season, and we hope that he decides to come back, which we'll get to in just a minute. That's pretty much your stat lines, team stats, you know, most of all of that you can kind of put together there. First downs, the Dogs had three more than Cincinnati at 19. Third down efficiency was not good for Georgia this go-around. That had a lot to do with it. We were only one for 11, Cincinnati three for 14. Fourth down, we went one for two. They went one for one. Total yards, the Dogs put up 449, whereas Cincinnati only put up 305. Most of that, obviously, was through the air for us, only half of which was the same for Cincinnati. We put up 404. They only put up 206. Then rushing, 45 for us, 99 for them, like we said. Six penalties for us, 66 yards, 11 for them, 80. A lot of, a lot of flags flying. Seemed like a lot of them went Georgia's way. Obviously, more went against Cincinnati and yardage-wise. But nonetheless... Dogs turn it over twice. They only turn it over once. One of ours was a fumble and an interception. Theirs was a fumble. And they also possessed the ball about three minutes more than we did. All right, so that's the stats from Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Again, the final on that one, 24-21 dogs. Glad to see it. Congrats to that. Now to a little bit more news in it. One other thing, just some of the stuff around the SEC. I think the SEC went 6-2. and two. And I believe all of their wins in those games were against top 25 opponents. The two losses were Auburn versus Northwestern as well as Florida. And if Auburn had won that, that would have been a top 15 win. And then Florida obviously falling to Oklahoma pretty badly. That is also the other loss on the night as far as the bowl games go. So into some of the other news. Josh Brooks, he is now going to be the new athletic director. He will be replacing Greg McGarity, who basically was with the dog for 10 years before stepping down and retiring this season. Let's see, Brooks' career started there at Georgia in 2008. Mark Richt is actually the one who ended up hiring as a director of football operations, and he stayed in that position until 2011. Almost left and went elsewhere, but he decided to stay in Athens in an administrative role. And then he was, let's see, yeah, the same guy who he's going to be replacing, Greg McGarity, actually hired him to become an assistant and an associate director of internal operations in 2012, which he's been there since until 2014. And he branched out and was actually a director of athletics at, a couple, at another college, which is actually a D3 program. And then 
finally made his way back to Georgia. And that is where, let's see, for the second time he was promoted, uh, one in May of 2018. And then he got to work his way up and obviously stuck around long enough to be able to be promoted to this position. So congrats to him. We do have a new AD. Now, jumping into what most of you guys want to be able to hear and talk about and listen to, and that is all of the information based upon who we do have, who we don't have, what we think, what we don't. And here it is. Got the handy-dandy notebook in front of me. And I've tried to find as much information as I can. Some of this could be breaking right now. Uh, let me check on one thing real quick. Alright, sorry about that. Jumping back to it, guys. Players that are leaving. Players that have already transferred or are in the portal. Players that are returning. And as well as players that have not yet made a decision. That's what we're going to be talking about. Players that are leaving, this is draft eligible guys, as well as just seniors alone. Here's the guys. You got offensive guard Ben Cleveland, he's gone. Tight end Trey McKitty, he's out. I think Trey McKitty was actually a transfer from FSU and was only with us just this season. Nonetheless, he'll be out. Uh, inside linebacker Monty Rice, outside linebacker Aziz Ojalari. Really hate to lose Aziz, hate to lose anybody. Uh, but Aziz, obviously, he, I believe, had one more season that he could have come back for his senior year. Would have been really, really special to see him. And uh, kind of one of the things you're going to notice about the guys who are leaving, I don't have I don't have a single guy on this list that is offensive uh, outside of center Trey Hill. That is the only offensive guy that I've got. So it's going to take a really big gash in Georgia's defense. Hopefully we can step that up next season. But nonetheless, let's get to it. Zizar Jalar is gone. Cornerback Eric Stokes. Cornerback DJ Daniels. Center Trey Hill, like I said. Defensive lineman uh, Malik Herring. Cornerback Tyson Campbell. Safety Richard LeCount. Uh, Mark Webb. And inside linebacker Nate McBride. All of which will be leaving here, guys. And obviously, uh, congratulations to these guys that are going to be going to the NFL draft. Um, we hope all the best for you. Hope that you can go high, go make that money, do what you got to do. We're proud of you guys and really enjoy, and I've always enjoyed watching you guys play and grow and get better and continue to make Georgia a great football team and program uh, and being such great leaders on the team, uh, on the field, in the community in general. So congrats to all those guys. These are the guys who are transferring or are in the portal so far. Jermaine Johnson, he's gone. He's headed to FSU. Dewan Mathis is headed to Temple. Trey Blunt's headed to Old Dominion. And in the transfer portal are uh, Notori Johnson, Matt Landers, and Brooks Bruce. All the guys we know of so far. Now, returning, the guys we already know, they have already committed and said, all right, we're coming back for our final season. Unfinished business. That is the key to this. That is the key what it looks like to the 2021 season as these guys are coming back with the mantra of it is unfinished business here at Georgia. Starting it off on the defense because we lost so many guys. Defensive tackle Jordan Davis coming back. Thank goodness. Defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt as well will be back. Both of those guys there on the line. Heavies, it's going to be awesome having those guys to be able to plug holes and help continue with that uh, run defense that Georgia's been known for. A lot of guys that are a little bit younger are going to have to step up in the backfield. Now to the offensive side of the ball. Quarterback JT Daniels. Really glad to see that just because we don't have to deal with any other quarterback controversy in the 2021 season as long as he can remain healthy 
And beside and behind him will be running back James Cook. Glad to see that as well. Uh, to me, Cook has been getting better and better. He's gotten bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, so I look forward to seeing him come back for his senior season here at Georgia and being back there in that running back position. Now, the guys who have not yet made their decision, the other guy, the running back side of things, Zeus, Zamir White, haven't yet heard from him. Outside of the lines, uh, two of the wide receivers, Kiaris Jackson as well as Demetrius Robertson, haven't heard from them yet. Offensive guard, Justin Schaefer. Offensive lineman, uh, Jamaris Salyer. Defensive tackle, Julian Rochester. Offense are outside linebacker uh, Adam Anderson, inside linebacker Quay Walker, as well as punter Jake Camarda. Those are the guys we have not yet heard of. Now, my opinion on some of these guys. Zamir White, we know he's a great running back. If it's me, just me, which if, you know, from a fan standpoint, you want everybody to come back because you want to be as good as you can possibly be next season. But from just, just my personal opinion, I get anybody that wants to leave. Go make the money. Make that step forward. I know it's a big dream and accomplishment for people to be able to get to that place that they have been working so diligently and hard for, especially the 2020 season, as strange as it's been. And we'll see what comes with the 2021 season. But my opinion on these guys who have not yet made a decision, Zamir White, if it's me, I would stick around. He's got stats. Obviously, you know that he's going to be really good when he does move on to that next level. But come back for one more season. Let's put some more stats up. Get your rank up as far as where you would rank in the NFL draft and be able to be uh, drafted. Because uh, to me, if he leaves now, it's almost kind of like a uh, Elijah Holyfield. Leaving a little bit earlier than I thought he should. I thought he should come back for one more season, put up some more yards, give himself some more stats. And you see he's kind of struggled to make a roster in the NFL and was actually undrafted when he decided to do that. I don't think that would necessarily be the case for Zamir, but nonetheless, if it's me, I'd come back and give it another year. Kiaris Jackson, he had a really blow-up year in the first half. Second half, it kind of dwindled a little bit. He still kind of made some shots here and there. That's kind of 50-50. You know, he had stats to be able to put up in the start of the season uh, and might, might be able to go in, I don't know, third, maybe fourth round. It's kind of hard to say. But if it's me, again, I would come back and put some more stats up. Demetrius Robertson, he didn't put up nearly the stats this year. I know he put up a good bit more last year, but I thought he would have the opportunity to do more this year. I don't know if he was battling an injury or not. I think he may have been. But if it's me for him, come back, get some more stats. Let's stack that wide receiver core. You see how Alabama's has been the past couple of years, and I hate to make that comparison because I just hate to compare us to Alabama. But you see how their wide receiver core has been. Georgia's wide receiver core the past or a couple of years ago took a really big shot when everybody was basically gone and we were left with a bunch of young guys. Well, now these guys can be older. You know, you got uh, George Pickens, obviously, there. If we can keep Kiaris Jackson and Demetrius Robertson, as well as having Darnell Washington at tight end, I mean, you, you're loading stuff up, and you got guys coming in as well that can make a difference. Uh, Burton there, James Burton as well, he can be a, a big part of that as well on the wide receiver core. And all of a sudden, with JT Daniels being able to throw the ball, still having a couple offensive linemen sticking around, um, sorry, I also said that there were nothing but defensive guys. Obviously, the guard, Ben Cleveland, was an offensive guy who's going to be gone as well. I know I said that at the start, but I only gave credit to Trey Hill, the center, being the only offensive guy going where there were actually a couple. So, anyways, moving on from it, they're at the guard position on the other side, Justin Schaefer. He has not yet made his decision. Obviously, Jamar Salyer has not either. Uh, that's kind of tip for tap. Both of them are really good. Jamar Salyer, I could see how he could go ahead and take his 
you know, his rank and, and go ahead and move forward to the NFL. Don't know exactly where he would be drafted at, but I feel like he could be a pretty high draft there on the offensive line because he is really good. Uh, but Justin Schaefer, I would hope, sticks around. I would hope any of them, again, would stick around, but just my opinion on him. Julian Rochester, there on he's a defensive tackle. I think he has had a little bit of injury this year. I'd like to see him come back uh, and make a really big impact there on the line, uh, as well as with Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, and make that defensive line just stout. You know, so Plug up holes, don't let anybody run the ball, just like George has been able to do in the years past, and let everybody behind you have to work and get better. Whereas y'all can come back and be really stacked. Outside linebacker Adam Anderson would love to see him come back as well as Quay Walker. Quay Walker's got a little bit more stats, but I'd still like to see him come back and be able to fill the position of some of these other guys who are leaving in Monty Rice as well as Nate McBride. Uh, Monty Rice, obviously the biggest shoes to fill there in the inside linebacker position. And last but not least, punter Jake Camarda. I could definitely see him leaving, especially after having the season that he has. Last year was not necessarily the greatest. He was kind of hit or miss on some, would shank some. And when he did put his leg into it, it was really good. This year he has had far and few between the difference in this year and last year because last year like i just said is what it is but this year he had i mean the kicks he had were booming and he obviously won an award for being such a great punter didn't shank very many this season there were a couple that when he did it was at the worst time possible and we paid for it but nonetheless he's really good i could definitely see him moving on again would love to see him come back but that's my opinion on whether or not those guys would or not so now, it's to look forward to the 2021 season coming up. We've got a lot uh, to get to and a long time to get to it. So we're not going to try to squeeze everything into it. Uh, more than likely what I'm going to do on the next episode is probably gather stats and see what your stat leaders are uh, and see probably give my Dog of the Year award and maybe my MVP. I'm, I don't know. I've got a couple of different awards that I may – uh, try to come up with between now and the next show which more than likely i'm going to do a week from now uh, the national championship game will be monday to get be alabama versus ohio state after they both won in their semifinal games so that will be something to look forward to monday uh, but again i will more than likely drop that episode a week from now um, just to kind of give it some time try to get all these stats together because they're quite a bit uh to go through quite a bit to decide on and things of that nature so that'll be what we look forward to there uh, and for the most part i may do a little bit on recruiting because we've got a lot of guys that have come in hopefully by then we know who is and who is not staying because i believe that nfl uh, decision has to be made pretty pretty soon uh, so that'll be something to keep an eye on and these guys we don't have a decision on just yet we should be able to go ahead and nail down and have the decision made whether they're staying, leaving, transferring, what's going on exactly. Uh, so next show, awards, stats, uh, finalizing who's staying, who's leaving, who's transferring, all that fun stuff. Um, then it will be a little bit of recruiting talk. That'll wrap up season one. Once the NFL draft comes around, I'll probably do a show just on that. Uh, and then it'll probably be nothing as far as Georgia football goes until – we get some news probably wrapping around uh, the final signing day for recruits as well as uh, G-Day that should be coming up in April. Obviously, we got a long time for then. And we've got a lot to get through. The country's kind of in a weird state right now. Um, a lot going on, and the coronavirus has not yet left. So that will be something to keep an eye on as the season goes. We're hoping 
by the time we get to fall that with the vaccine and everything being out hopefully we can get stuff you know to where we can have a regular season you know get 12 games back on the field get people back in the stands uh get things a little bit back to normal even if not a hundred percent you know start to step those numbers up we'll see obviously a lot's got to happen between now and then uh but nonetheless sure have enjoyed this season with you guys and i will look forward to checking in with you guys next week where we will go ahead and prep up uh, all of the final information that we have for the basically wrapping up 2020 and getting us fired up and started up for that 2021 season so appreciate you guys listening and as always go dogs <laughs>